Welcome to Little Joe's Conservative Corner, the podcast where we delve into the latest news through a conservative lens. In each episode, Little Joe sifts through the top headlines and news articles, offering insightful commentary and analysis from a right-leaning perspective. Whether it's politics, culture, or current events, this show explores the issues that matter most to conservative listeners. Get ready ready. to cut through the noise and get to the heart of what's really going on in the world today. Let's get started. Welcome to Little Joe's Conservative Corner. President Donald J. Trump is the projected winner in this state. The campaign celebrating already tonight this win, uh, thanking the state, thanking the volunteers, thanking the caucus captains, and of course, the voters, the people of this great state. A uh, big win uh, so far projected by Decision Desk, the headquarters there, Donald Trump right now with uh, what the results that are in so far, 54.8%, followed by Nikki Haley at 19 0.3% then Ron DeSantis by Vic Ramaswamy uh, at 7%. So uh, the numbers go down from there. Right now, Nikki Haley is a far behind second place, and then Ron DeSantis is two percentage points behind her. So those are still the early numbers coming in, but there's such a wide margin for President Donald Trump that he is the projected winner. We're going to make a call. Let's bring in Martha McCallum, anchor of the story, and Brett Baer, anchor of Special Report. What do we have, guys? So based on the first results and our Fox News voter analysis, the Fox News decision desk can now project that former President Donald Trump will win the Iowa caucuses. You will take uh, the lion's share of the state's 40 delegates. This result really solidifies his place as the current frontrunner for the nomination. Uh, former governors Haley, former Governor Haley and Governor DeSantis fighting for second. And this is really going to maybe last a while because it's a close race right now, how we see it based on the numbers we're looking at. You know, he, the former president, overperformed in the rural parts of Iowa, but it has been overwhelming some of these numbers from these precincts that are already starting to come in. And the big picture takeaway from that, and I don't mean to be, again, too dark, as you said, on this, but... It is not, if we are worried about the rise of authoritarianism in this country, we are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country. If we're worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist form of government, the leader who is trying to do that is part of that equation. Mm-hmm. But people wanting that Correct. is a yeah. much mm-hmm. bigger part mm-hmm. of that That's equation. Right. And the American electorate is made up of two major parties. One of those parties has been flirting with extremism on the ultra-right for a very long time. They've brought them in in a way that they haven't been central to Republican electoral politics ever before. And I know because I've been studying this. But once you have radicalized one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party, the leaders interchangeable. And yes, Trump is is sometimes what we call it. Mm-hmm. MAGA movement is probably a better way to do it. But there is an authoritarian mm-hmm. movement inside yes. Republican politics that isn't being bamboozled by Trump. Mm-hmm. They are pushing Trump That's to right. get more and more right. extreme because the more extreme things he says, the more they, the like more they adhere and to him. That, yeah. and, and that is coming from a very large proportion of the American right that adheres to the Republican Party. And that's why this is a Republican Party problem more than it is the problem mm-hmm. of one man and his leader. And we, and we can't... Together the- All right, welcome back. Iowa caucuses. Yeah, I mean, as to be expected, Donald Trump came out on top. 
I don't think anybody thought anything different was going to happen. Realistically, if you're paying attention to anything, it was really more about who came in second, who came in third, who came in last. Those those were the ones that were more interesting to see how that was going to play out. Now, some of that audio you heard in the very beginning uh, was from 8.30 at night, which is which is crazy, to be perfectly honest with you. It's kind of insane that um, uh, they were calling it that early, but I guess the flood of votes that were coming in, they just didn't see it any other way. Now, some were getting as high as 54%. In the very beginning, it was 70%, and then you know that dwindled down and balanced out a little bit better. Um, as of the time of this recording, 11 p.m. Monday night, Okay, the numbers that are um, in right now, which could fluctuate a little bit going on if you wake up in the morning, they're a little different than what I'm about to tell you right now. Things changed overnight, <clears throat> but as of right now, uh, President Trump is at 51%. Ron DeSantis did move into second place with 21.2%. Nikki Haley is a third at 19.1%. They're you know, just about two points apart there, a little over two points. Vivek has 7.7%, and I don't think anybody else matters after that. Uh, I think Vivek did particularly well, considering this is just a businessman that came out of nowhere uh, and showed up and and did decent enough. Um, I certainly think that uh, Ron DeSantis, the numbers are as expected. Ron DeSantis is in second. I, I just can't see how people could support Haley. She's a warmonger. I I just don't I don't see anybody could take her serious. Uh, she's willing to play ball too much with the Democratic Party, and when you see Democrats openly advocating for her to be the nominee, that should be the sirens blowing up. Red. I mean, a bomb is coming. <laughs> I mean, everything should all your warning signs should be flying. That if a Democrat thinks you're the guy or the girl. That's a problem because that means that you are one of them. You're on the take. You're going to play their game. You're going to play it their way. It's not going to be what's best for us. It's not going to be what's best for the country. So keep that in mind. Um, I just don't understand how people support that lady. I really don't. Uh, and you know, this isn't a sexist thing. You know, I, if there was a really solid female candidate, I'd back her up a hundred percent. She just sucks. I mean, this is Nikki Haley we're talking about. This isn't somebody that I could get behind and say, no, no, she's good. I mean, anybody there, I understand why number one is number one and number two is number two. At the time of this recording, keep that in mind. I mean, with two points uh, between DeSantis and Haley, that could change overnight while I'm sleeping, while you're sleeping. We'll see. Um, But uh, Trump clearly uh, is what people want at least in Iowa. Um, I think that we're going to see this trend going forward. I know that depending on what states come up, uh, New Hampshire and whatnot, I know some people are polling better than, than that. Trump's not doing as well in those states. Still the front runner, but he's not as well. Some of the gaps are a little bit more tight. Um, but I, I think what I'm seeing right now is what I expected to see. Now, something interesting I was watching and I don't know how much anybody follows Vivek or, or any of that. But anyways, uh, he was talking a lot about, and he was on with uh, Alec Jones. Uh, he was talking about, and it's his theory, and uh, there may be some merit to it. I don't know. I didn't any, do any checking into it. 
Um, would not surprise me. Let's put it that way. It's, you know, a, a good conspiracy theory is an unprovable one. And this is one of those moments where what I'm going to say to you probably makes a lot of sense. You could go to, you'll probably think to yourself, well, yeah, actually he might be right, which is the whole point here. Uh, but what he is saying, and, um, I didn't see any information on, he's a little bit vague on where he gets his information from. So I don't know exactly where he's getting all of his information, but what he is claiming is that, um, all the mega donors for Haley are the same people that are trying to put Trump behind bars. And they're funding a lot of the uh, prosecution of Trump's and all these different court cases that he has. They want him to get knocked out somewhere around summertime. That way, if it's a two-person race, it's Haley and Trump. Uh, Trump's out. Haley's in. She's the only choice we got. And they will help her kind of cruise on into the presidency. So his thought process and what he is claiming he is doing is he is not dropping out of the race no matter how Iowa turns out. He's in it for the long haul because if his theory happens to come true, there needs to be another American first uh, politician uh, um, in the running that is that people can go to other than Haley. I mean, like I said, when I say it to you, it doesn't it, I don't think it makes... I don't think it's an insane theory. Uh, it, I'd like to see where his information is coming from. I could definitely see that being a possibility for sure. I mean, because Haley, like I guess I don't trust her. I think she's a rhino. So do I think that they'd like to have her in the White House over Trump? Oh, yeah, all day and tomorrow <laughs> for sure. Trump's going to go in there and drop the hammer on the first day. Just like Biden went in there and signed more executive uh, uh, orders than any other president in history in the first couple of weeks, Trump's going to go back in and pretty much wipe the slate back clean and let it, let us get back to being uh, American first. So they definitely don't want him in there. Haley, what is she going to do? You think Haley's going to do a fraction of what Trump could potentially do uh, going into the White House? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it's an interesting theory. I could see why he goes that, why he's thinking that and why it's going that direction. And maybe he does have some valuable information that can back up his claims. I don't know. You know, all I know is what he has said. I don't see anything more to it. I think most people like Vivek. I saw some comments by Candace Owen and she seems to be uh, fond of him. There's Alec Jones uh, likes the guy. And a lot of people are saying he's the real article. What you see is what you get type deal. I myself, I think he's very charismatic. I think that uh, uh, he possibly does have a future in politics. However, I'm the kind of person that I think you need to be, I'm not going to say you need to be a seasoned person, but he's young and he's got a lot of time. So if you want to get involved in politics, prove it. Go prove yourself a little bit first. Go run with your popularity. I'm sure you could run for governor somewhere or run for a Senate seat or something and let people see what you actually do, you know, show up and, and let us see how you really vote. And when times get tough, when they attack you as much as they're attacking uh, somebody like a president Trump, let us see what you do. And then when I, we see some of that experience and we see how you handle yourself, then I'd be all year, all open to voting for you. I'd be happy, happy to support you if I see if what I see I like. Um, until then, you're unproven. I like them, but you're unproven. You're not tested. Uh, DeSantis, again, I like DeSantis. 
I don't, I don't have anything. I don't have anything negative to say about DeSantis. You know, DeSantis is his own man. He chooses what races he wants to jump into. Um, I would like him to be here in the state of Florida, handling business here. Uh, we were in, we're in session right now. He is putting a lot forth in session. I don't think that he's neglecting the state. Um, he's running for president, so he's in and out. I get it. Uh, I would like him to stay here for the four years. If that's the way it turns out, the way it turns out. But I would support either him or Donald Trump. And right now, at this time, again, at the time of this recording, they are the two front runners, which clearly makes them the two choices. It will probably make them the two choices that are going to, it's going to come down to in the end. I would hope so. I'd rather see a DeSantis-Trump matchup going into uh, the summertime than have Haley anywhere lingering around. I'd like to see Haley bow out and get that, get her out, get her out of the picture completely. Because then I'd feel like, all right, well, whatever we got left is going to be night and day compared to what's in there right now, if they can win the presidency. You know, it's uh, another big thing is, you know, I think a lot of people feel DeSantis would have a better shot at winning the presidency because uh, more, uh, more of the base would be willing to vote for him uh, rather than for Trump. Where I guess where Trump would lose some voters, they feel DeSantis could capture those votes and, and ultimately make it a little bit easier um, for the election in November where we, it'd be a little easier for us to pull off. I personally don't think it's going to be an easy election no matter what you do. We are a very divided country right now. We obviously, our, uh, our ideas for what America's future looks like are night and day. <laughs> They're two completely different directions. I don't see any election going forward being a walk in the park. Everything, you're going to have to fight tooth and nail. You're going to have to convince people. You're going to have to get people to open their eyes. You're going to have to get them to come to the right side. You heard Rachel Maddow, <laughs> who's having a meltdown. They're selling the whole fascism thing. And, and it's not just Trump that's the problem. It's all you people. All you people that are listening to me. It's me. It's all of us that are a part of the MAGA movement, that are part of wanting America to be this great country again. We're the fascists. We're the ones putting this guy in place. <laughs> I just... She's freaking out. I don't know how many people are actually buying into that bull crap, but that's... That's a taste of what's to come <laughs> going, getting closer and closer to November. Cause it's going to get ugly. That's for sure. Uh, I don't think it'll get as ugly as Rachel Maddow. Cause that's something, but uh, that is uh what do we used to say, man? If, uh, if my dog was ugly as you, as ugly as you, I'd shave his, uh, shave his butt, make him walk backwards. <laughs> kids. Yeah. Ra- Rachel Maddow. That's a special kind of ugly right there. That is, uh, that is, yeah, you run into her in a dark alley in the middle of the night. It's like, whoa, I'm out of here, man. I don't care if I'm 6'4". I don't care. I don't care how bad I am. At that moment, that's something ugly, man. I got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, she's freaking out, and she's selling it to her viewers in this whole package deal of fascism and whatnot. And it's all a bunch of bull crap. Anyways, I mean, if you pay attention at all, if you look at any of Trump's policies, and you look at Joe Biden's policies, and you look at... What what actions did Trump take during his presidency and could have taken versus what actions Biden could have taken and did take during his presidency? I think it's pretty clear to say who's the fascist and who's not. I think it's pretty clear who is doesn't give uh, who who doesn't care about the uh, American people's opinion and they're just going to impose whatever they want uh, versus somebody that's trying to just return power to the people. And if this is what you want, this is what I'm giving to you. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious who the true fascist is. Um, 
yeah, between the two of them. So it's going to be difficult anyways. But um, I think Iowa went as expected. This is pretty much the only thing I'm talking about on the podcast today because that's what I was watching and watching 10 different people. And my God, yeah, when they called, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Let's just be out in the open here. When Fox News called it at eight, at like 8.30 something, 8.32, 8.35, whatever it was, when they called it, I was like, oh, of course Fox News called it. Uh, well, I mean, is this what is this what they're doing now? They're calling elections. 30 minutes after we start taking, start counting, they call it. Now, I didn't think Trump was going to lose and they called it for Trump. And it, that would be a hard one to get wrong because I think we all expected it to be that way. But it doesn't matter. You know, I don't think you should call anything until you have you know, 70 to 90% of the vote in. And if he has that much of a lead, knowing how many votes are still out, then you could say there's pretty much no way possible that they make up the ground. So he is obviously the clear winner, but give it the time. You know, I, 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 I'm a little, a little concerned with how quickly they called it, but it wasn't just them. The right side network did the same thing. They called it uh, within say 45 minutes of eight o'clock. Everybody just started going and going and going. And, I just wanted to see the numbers come in. You know, I want to, I want to wait. I want to see the majority of votes come in. I wanted to see where the numbers are and I wanted to see who came in second. And I would be a liar if I didn't tell you, I wasn't hoping that DeSantis came in second. As of right now, uh, I'm feeling pretty good because that's who I would want in second place. That puts the pressure on Haley, especially going into the next one. If she doesn't do well and comes in third place on the next one, that puts the pressure on her to drop out. You know, her donors are going to start looking at her if you keep coming in third place going. She's never going to make it to the finish line. Money's going to start drying up. Her campaign's going to do fall apart as campaigns do. And then she, it's, you know, it's time to bow out and, and throw your uh, throw your support to whoever you decide to support at that time. Um, so, I'm at the moment, I'm, I'm happy and pleased with the way that I see things. Trump's front runner. DeSantis is right, not right behind him, but DeSantis is behind him in second place. Haley's in third. Vivek's in fourth. We have to see how it goes uh, going forward, but uh, be a little leery of people calling things too early. I certainly, during 2020, did not like the way they called that election. Not even a little bit. Fox News came out and, uh, we're calling that state for Joe Biden. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. With with 40% of the voting, how the hell are you calling it for any president? That's insane. Yeah, yeah for anybody. Yeah, that's insane. You can't call it for them. But they sure did. And then I, they gave me that old feeling back again when they called it that quickly. So I didn't, uh, I didn't care for that, but it is what it is. I think we all kind of know where Fox News has been going as of recent. Um, otherwise, that's pretty much all I got. It was all about the Iowa caucus today. And uh, we will certainly be back tomorrow with a little bit different news because I got a bunch of stuff backing up that I am itching to talk to you about. So I will see you tomorrow. And that wraps up another episode of Little Joe's Conservative Corner. Thank you for tuning in and joining the conversation. Don't forget to subscribe to stay updated on all our latest episodes. And join us next time as we continue to explore the issues that shape our world. Until then, stay informed and stay engaged.